0: All right, well, let's go ahead and uh, turn to the Word of God, and we'll look at a couple of thoughts here. Matthew chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4, and we'll just read verses 18 through 20. Matthew chapter 4, just verses 18 through 20, uh, which say this Matthew 4, verse 18. And Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net in the sea, for they were fishers. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets, And followed him. Let's pray again. Lord, again, we thank you for your goodness and grace. Thank you for these testimonies uh, that we've heard about, uh, Lord, you using your children uh, to reach out, dear God, to to bring others into the fold. And Lord, may that uh, be our desire. Lord, uh, we want to see the family grow. We want to see others know. And so, God, we must be ever willing to go. And so, Lord, I pray that that would be a burden and desire upon our heart. Lord, as you've taught us and commanded us to reach others with the glorious gospel of our blessed God. So, Lord, we think of those that even sowed the seed this week. Lord, that uh, you, Thy Holy Spirit, uh, Lord, would stir that seed in people's hearts, dear God, and open it up and help them realize their need. Lord, if by chance, even tonight, there's somebody here that's not saved or somebody listening, we pray, God, that you would prick that heart and open that heart. And draw that one unto you. Now help us now we pray through your word in Jesus' name, Amen. And so uh, again, as as we know and as we'll see here, it is the responsibility—not just responsibility and privilege, Amen—it's the responsibility and privilege of every Christian, uh, of course, to be a soul winner and tell others of the gospel, the gospel. And again, uh, uh, First Corinthians fifteen, you you, you know these. Uh, verses one through four gives a clear uh, explanation of what the gospel is. And so when people, you know, and these verses are good to know because people say, well, you know, I've been baptized or I've been this or that. And you explain that the gospel, what it is and you say, hey, listen, these verses don't mention anything about baptism. They don't mention anything about going to church. They don't anything mention anything about living a certain life. This is just clearly cut and dry what the gospel is. Uh, first Corinthians 15, 1 Moreover brethren I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you which also ye have received wherein ye stand by which also ye are saved it's clear right there this is the gospel this is how you got saved if you keep in memory what I preached unto you unless you believed in vain for I delivered unto you First of all, boy, that's a good point there. Nothing else matters, amen, until somebody gets the gospel. First of all, they need the gospel first of all, because, you know, uh, uh, you could explain everything else in the Bible wouldn't mean anything until they get saved. So I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also received. And that's a good thing to say when you get uh, witnessing to somebody, hey, listen, I'm giving this to you because this is what changed my life. This is what made the difference in my life. This is what transformed me, amen, into a child of God. How Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Another reason I like these verses, as I mentioned before, is because it doesn't just say he did it. There's other places in the Bible that say he died and shed his blood and was buried and rose again the third day. But here it says, according to the scriptures, and that's a good thing to emphasize, right? Jesus Christ brought salvation according to the Scriptures. We need to receive salvation according to the Scriptures. Everything's got to be according to the Word of God. And then you can give examples of that. You know, anything anything written in the Old Testament and the New Testament, minimum, there's 400 years. Anything is at minimum 400 years old already when the New Testament was written. But yet you go to Psalms, which was written about 750 years, right? Before Christ came on the scene. And in Psalm 22, 16, what does it say? It says, he pierced my hands and my feet. Well, uh, that's not a way that Jews put people to death. That is a way that Romans would put people to death. But God, knowing beginning to end, he knew that when the Messiah came, that the Romans would be in charge and that they would put people to death by uh, piercing their hands and their feet, nailing them to a cross. So he could prophesy that. So you see, it was according to scripture. So that's a good emphasis there. So these verses... 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, explain the gospel, amen, clearly about Christ's death, burial, and resurrection according to the scriptures. We always want to emphasize that. And so, of course, because salvation is of the Lord, salvation is in the person of Jesus Christ, and he is, of course, the way of salvation. So it's been nearly, think about that, uh, 2000, it's been 2,000 years since the Lord left the church with the sacred responsibility of of reaching people with the gospel. And so we want to get that truth out. And so, again, everyone is commanded. You know, we all have different personalities and different ways that we we, we handle things, but yet uh, our personalities, no excuse. People say, well, you know, that's not my personality. It doesn't matter. You've been commanded. (laughs) Get over it, amen, read a book. (laughs) Uh, Ask the Lord to help you, Right. We've been commanded of Christ our high and we and uh, uh, we need to remember our highest motive now think about this, our highest normally if you'd say, well what's the highest motive uh, or, or main reason that we want to reach people with the gospel? Well you'd say well because of their lost condition. well that is why they need to be saved, right but, uh, really the the, the 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 main reason uh, that we go out is because we've been commanded to and because we love our savior we love our savior now he did give us a command uh, mark 1615 you know this verse said he he said to them go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature and of course uh, uh, each one of the gospels has the the, the, the greatest commission, not the Great Commission, but the greatest commission. And in Acts 1-8, Luke says it this way, Luke 24, uh, 46-48. to You know, we normally always use Matthew, but I like what it says here in Luke. Matthew 24, 46-48 says, And Jesus saith unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer, and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. I like it there because it, it it mentions repentance and remission. And ye are witnesses of these things. And so the, our high motive is we've been commanded and we want to be obedient to that command. And why do we want to be obedient to the command? Because we love our Savior, as a matter of fact, uh, 2 Corinthians five fourteen says this: For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. That word constrain means to be pressed upon, to be a uh, uh, distressed. In other words, uh, because of our love for Christ. His commands, and especially this command we talk about tonight, there should be an inward pressure and desire upon our heart. It should weigh upon our heart. Amen. The desire to reach souls, the desire to get out the gospel, should be a burden, amen, that weighs upon our heart on a daily basis. Amen. And it's driven forward by our love for our Savior. I mean, what, what took Christ to Calvary? He was motivated for, by love for because God so loved the world. He gave His only begotten Son, but God commendeth His love through. It's love, amen, that drove Christ to Calvary. It's love that held Christ uh, on to Calvary. He, they said, hey, you know, if you hear you say you are, come down. Oh, no. <laughs> Listen, uh, 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 it's because He was who He said He was that He stayed there, amen, and paid the price. For our sin, our obedience to Christ's command is the real proof of our love for him. The Bible says what in first John five, three, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. Right. How do we love him? We keep his commandments. And what is the command to go into all the world and preach the gospel? We know that's one of his clear commandments. And it says his commandments are not grievous. That means uh, oppressive, hard to be born. Hey, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be a hard thing, amen? It shouldn't be a grievous thing for you to want to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we go out because, one, it's a command, and because of our love for the Savior, we want to fulfill what the command, the greatest commission that He's given us. And then secondly, of course, uh, the condition of the unsaved. You know, uh, 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 this world, we live in a sin-sick world. And boy, we just see that it's more. Now, of course, every sin that we see has always been there, right? These things have gone on for a thousand years. We see these sins in the Bible but, but, but in, as far as in our generation, of course, it's become more open and more blatant. You know, there used to be, well, that side of town or that, that, that area over there where they did those things. Now it's everywhere. And they brag on it and they boast about it, about the, these things that they do. But really, uh, but if you talk about the average sinner, if you will, uh, most people are just floating through life. They have a, most people are going through life and they just have an emptiness, Oh, they may not bring it up much at work. You may not see it uh, as they go about their daily life. But boy, when they go home at night, they know that there's something in their life. There's that unfulfilled void. There's that emptiness in their life that can only be uh, filled by the Lord Jesus Christ. They're going through and they have a they have a a, a, a life, a life without uh, meaning. You know, I was thinking about uh, this. You know, we use that term midlife crisis. You know, uh, um, you know, uh, man, they are, man, they're man, they're 50-something years old. What are they doing, something like that? Well, you know, I, I was thinking about that. You know, that's probably a reason that a lot of people go through a midlife crisis because they hit. You know, they're 50, 60 years. When those things truly really happen, they realize, you know what? I, I'm this far in life, and I still feel like something's missing my life. I still feel like my life has no meaning. In purpose, you know, I I mentioned my older brother today. You know, I feel so sorry for my older brother. You know, yeah, I tell you how he rejects the things of God. But you you know, you know where he is tonight in Germany. He's in some rehab center for depression and uh, discouragement. And he and he's been there before. You know, and he but, but but you know I try to talk to him. He won't listen. He'll shut me down. And you know he talks about how philosophical he is and all this. You know, uh, blah blah blah, and then you know, and, and and I feel sorry for him, but yet you know he, he's gone through many crises in his life, and and, and why? Because you know he's uh, he's uh, sixty three, and he still, amen, feels that emptiness in his heart. He, you know, the other day he said he, he said to me he made this statement. If I get it right, he said, you know, uh, uh, there's no really such thing as love. Love is just a, a A wishful thinking basically is what what he said. I said, oh, no, uh, there's real love. Amen. Amen. Uh, 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 No no one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's there's real, real love and uh, uh, real uh, uh, relationships. You know, I I feel sorry for him. But to be at that age and stage of life and still not know, you know, Sister Judy mentioned a, a lady that she was witnessing to today that's getting ready to turn 90. And still walking around with that question mark in her heart at the age of 90. And of course, there's the fear of death, that lack of inner inner peace. Why do people out there, why do they need drinking? Why do they turn to drinking, drugs and and all these things? Why? Because they have no peace. They have no no peace. I was talking to somebody uh, a, a while back and they were talking about, you know, doing drugs. And I said, why do you do that? They said, well, because, uh, you know, it's it's the only way I can deal with things. And they claim to be saved. And I said, that's what Jesus Christ is for. I said, you don't think I ever feel like you feel? But amen. That's why I turn to the word of God. That's why I get along with God. That's why uh, I pray to God and they may get with him. And he helps me through that process. He helps me through uh, that situation. Amen. And uh, I'm glad that uh, I don't need those things because I have Jesus and loneliness. Amen. Sure. Life is lonely. But hey, when you when you have Jesus, you have somebody that will never leave you and forsake you. You have somebody. Amen. He said, Lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the earth. Well, he's called us to go to the end of the earth. And he said he'll be with you to the end of the earth. And believe me, thank God that he is. Hey, I'm glad some of those remote places I went to and uh, that, that, amen, I knew he was there. Amen, and uh, he uh, and helped out in those situations, and so there can be no good news, amen, without the bad news and reality that men are lost and in their sin, like we talked about this morning. Everybody likes to hear about the goodness of God, but they also have to hear about the reality and consequences of sin, and that is our responsibility as we mentioned this morning, to give them both sides of it. You know, a lot of times people only say the nice things because they want to be liked. Hey, I want to be liked too. But again, if you really care for somebody, if you really love the Lord, and if you really love that soul, you're going to tell them the whole message. The Bible is very plain in declaring the condition of those without Christ. Of course, Luke 19.10 tells us that they're lost. John 3.16 tells us that they're perishing. John 3.36 tells us they're under the wrath of God. John 3.36 says this, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Yes, God loves him, but God has to judge that. And those people are walking around at any moment, amen, the wrath of God, amen, can be poured upon uh, their life. They walk around with the wrath of God hanging over their head. And, of course, the Bible says they're condemned already. They're condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the Son of God. The Bible says they're without hope. Ephesians two twelve, that at the time you were without Christ, "...being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of His promise, having no hope without God in the world." We well, need to emphasize, listen, friend, without the Lord Jesus Christ, you have no hope. Hey, when death comes, you have no hope. Uh, afterwards, you can have all the wishful thinking in the world that you want. But when you die, that's it. You have no hope after that. If you're going to do something with God, you got to do it on this side. And of course, they're blinded by the devil. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 3 and 4. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. And whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel, I love this verse, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Boy, the devil wants to keep them blind in sin. And then, of course, we know they're on their road to hell. Matthew seven thirteen: Enter ye into the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way. Every time I hear that verse, I think about this on "Give My Regards to Broadway." Isn't that funny that that place is called Broadway? <laughs> hey, boy, yeah. no, the Lord has a sense of humor, doesn't He? Broadway that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in. And then, of course, they're already dead in sin. Boy, that's a, that'd be a good list to write down. Say, do you realize you're lost? you're perishing, you're under God's wrath, you're condemned already, you're without hope, you're blinded by the devil, you're on your road to hell, and you're already dead in sin. Well, that's quite a, a list to give somebody to try and stir up their mind and help them see their need of salvation. And so we need to realize that God has given us this responsibility. Romans 1, verses 14 through 16 say this. Most of us know Romans 1, 16, but the verses just above it say this. Paul said, I am a debtor. Think about that statement. I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. I saw a few of them downtown the other day, the unwise. Amen. But I had to remember I was a debtor to them. Right. So as much as in me, I love the statement, as much as in me is, what a statement. As much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. Look at that statement. I'm ready to preach the gospel to you. That's how we should live our life. Amen. Ready to preach the gospel. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And so, listen, you got to ask myself, do I live, amen, ready to preach the gospel? Do I, am I ready on a moment's notice, amen, to give that witness for the Lord Jesus Christ? For the Bible says I'm a debtor. That debtor means one indebted for favors, one morally bound to the performance of any duty. The Bible says that we have a, that is part of our duty. That is part of our responsibility, amen, uh, not just to command, but that is our, our duty. We are in debt to a lost and dying world. Amen. We are in debt. Thank God our sin debt has been paid. We don't have to pay that sin debt, but we do have a responsibility to pay our debt to a lost and dying world and be a witness for them. Of course, the world owes us nothing, but we owe the world the message of salvation. It's a terrible sin to be silent A terrible sin to be silent when we have the good news the world needs. You know, you think about those uh, those lepers and king. Remember Uh, when they went out there and found all that stuff and they said, oh, man, we basically said we do not well keeping this to ourselves. We do not well. keeping We need to go tell everybody else. And when we have the truth, amen, and we know what Jesus Christ is in our life, we do not well if we're not willing, amen, to go out there and be an effective witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, if you want an excuse, the devil will give you one. Well, it's not my responsibility. No, the Bible states clear that the Lord has placed this matter of highest importance in our hands. Every child of God. Listen, I, it's not my job to go out and be a soul winner because I'm a preacher, because I'm in the ministry. Every person that claims to know the Lord Jesus Christ, you have just as much responsibility As I do in winning souls. I've told you before, 90% of what I do, I don't do because I'm in the ministry. I'm a preacher. I do just because I'm a Christian. And part of that is being a soul winner, a witness. But you say men will not listen. Well, that's what we uh, that's true. You don't always get people, a lot of times people don't listen or they'll turn away. But see, that's not supposed to be your focus. The focus is, hey, I, I, I fulfilled what I've been commanded to do. I fulfilled my debt to that person by being a witness, even though others will be distant. But listen, somebody out there. Somebody out there. You know, you can't focus on the ones that don't listen. but You got to focus on the, hey, that one day somebody will. You know, I, I had to learn that. You know, uh, I, I went through a, a time period. Not where I didn't uh, uh, witness, but a lot of times where I wouldn't, you know, tell some of the stories of what I've seen God do. They think, ah, people don't want to hear that. Uh, that's just a missionary story and things like that. Then I read in the Bible where it says Jesus appeared uh, to his disciples after he'd risen again. And you know what it says? And some doubted. And some doubted. And the Lord said, see that, Jeff? Here I am standing there in a resurrected body, and some doubted. you got to remember, Jeff, you're not there for the doubters and powders. You're there for the shouters. Amen? And so, hey, I might be in a room, and there might be 99 doubters and powders, but there might be one shouter. Amen? And there might be that one that says, hey, it is real. Hey, God still does that. Uh, the other uh, uh, night when I had the, uh, uh, the blessing to, to be in Brother Wood's uh, class and there were those uh, 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 a handful of men there in his class. Hey, you know, uh, uh, that, that was a great blessing to me. It didn't bother me. There were just a handful of people. That, to me, that was exciting because then they knew who I was talking to. I like small groups because then they know who I'm talking to. Big groups, they can push it off on the other guy. But those three guys say, listen, you young men are just entering the ministry. And I want you to know, as you're going through your Bible here, that in 2021, God is still the same God and God is still doing big things. And he still wants to do big things and he still wants to use you. So don't you let anybody uh, 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 make you doubt or pout or whatever. Amen. You let God use you because he's still doing big things. And so, listen, you're out there for that one. And how many doors you got to knock, how many tracks you got to get out, whatever it is, uh, to reach that one, it's worth it. It's worth it. When you knock on that door and they say, oh, I've been waiting for somebody like you, amen, uh, to come by. You know, well, I'm not able. Listen, God has commanded us to go and he will provide the necessary power for the task. And, of course, we all have the indwelling spirit. So, as we, as, we, as we finish up here, James four seventeen says this. Now, we know God has commanded us. We know that that's our responsibility. And what does James 14, 17 say? Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, you know that you are required to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. You are commanded, amen, to reach others with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know that. And what does it say? He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So you know what that means? When we're not a man being obedient to the command to witness, when we're not a man trying to reach people with the gospel, we're sinning. Oh, what do you mean? Did you send it? Well, I, I, I didn't drink. I don't think I, I, don't think I cussed. I, hey, man, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. Well, hey, listen, you know, we always think of those other things. But no, the Bible says, hey, uh, you had an opportunity uh, 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 to witness, but you were ashamed to do it. You know, I know I know sometimes you uh, you get nervous. I remember as a new I know it's hard for you to believe that I'm I'm shy and all that stuff. But, you know, I I told you uh, uh, one time I I was walking. uh, I was walking to my car. I was walking to my car. I lived across from the post where I where I was stationed and I was walking to my car and the new sergeant major was walking by. He hadn't been introduced to the uh, battalion yet, but we knew who he was. He was getting ready to become our sergeant major. And he was walking right by my car as I was getting in it. And the Lord said, witness to him. Right. And you know what I did? I got in my car. I said, later, Lord. Amen. And you know what? I, I, I tried to start my car and man, I got so nervous. <laughs> I couldn't start my car. Oh, man. God came on me like that. and I said, all right, Lord. And uh, I got in my car and I chased him down. I said, I said, excuse me, Sergeant uh, Major, Sergeant Stewart, Charlie Company. I said, I'd like to give you this track. I'm a Christian. Amen. Uh, and told him how God saved me. And I said, I'd like to invite you to my church. He said, I'm born again, washed in the blood, heaven bound. I said, whoo, hallelujah. Amen. And uh, yeah. And uh, he, he, he was saved. But another time, uh, my, my, my battalion commander, the colonel, I was in the I was in the building uh, one morning. And I heard my colonel walk in and uh, 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 the Lord and the Lord said, go witness to him. And I got up to the door. I got ready. Now, this is the colonel. And I got ready to knock on the door and I went. I stopped, you know, like, uh, and I turn around. And I, I'm just being honest with you. I'm just being honest. I walked in, I walked back in, in my office. I was at the, I was at battalion headquarters that time. And then I heard him walk out. And man, I mean, just instant conviction. I don't see how people get away with things, man. Lord, Lord keeps me on a short chain. I just got convicted. And I sat there and I said, Lord, I failed you. And I said, Lord, I said, I do whatever you told me to do when you told me to do it. I said, Lord, I failed you. I'm sorry. I said, if I ever get another opportunity, what do you think happened? He forgot something. Walked back in his office. And I went and I knocked on his door. And I said, excuse me, sir. He knew I was. I said, could I speak to you for a minute, please? And I said, and I pulled out my New Testament. I always could, New Testament in my uniform. And I said, I said, sir. I said, I said, I said, I, 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 I'm a Christian, and I, uh, I, if you'd give me a few moments, I'd just like to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ with you. And then he let me do it, and he said, he said, uh, uh, Sergeant Stewart. He said, I'll be honest with you, I'm comfortable with what I I believe. I think he was Episcopalian. His his wife was a good Christian woman. And he said, "I, I think I'm just going to stay with what I have." He said, "But I want you to know I appreciate you willing to come. You come in and uh, and uh, share share that share that with me." And I didn't get in trouble, so whew, thank the Lord for that. But we need to remember our purpose is to win souls. Our program as Christians is to seek the lost. Our position, amen, is to be an ambassador for Christ. Our proclamation, of course, is the gospel and our power is the Holy Spirit. And so each one of us, amen, we have that responsibility. And we need to understand that the high motive, again, for obeying Christ and being a personal soul winner is our love for him. Our love for him. And the Bible's description of those that are lost, we need to understand that and keep that before us. And realize that we know the gospel. Amen. If we do not do not give that truth to others, we're sinning against our God. And we need to, amen, ask the Lord to help us eliminate our excuses. Amen. And, and, and be a witness. I'm not saying it, it, it's always an easy thing to do, but it's always the right thing to do. Amen. And so, Lord, help me, help me to love you enough not to do wrong. And help me to love you enough to do right and be the witness you've called me to be. Let's pray.